Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Potomac Perspective. I'm Neil Shapiro, Head of Communications at Stiefel, joined, as always, by our Chief Washington Policy Strategist, Brian Gardner. Hi, Brian. Good morning, Neil. Good to be with you. Good to be with you as well, Brian. And I've got to start off by saying, by asking the question, which was a bigger July surprise for you? The Mets sweeping a Subway series from the Yankees, and I realize it was only two games, but it was still a sweep, or getting a reconciliation bill out of Senator Manchin and Schumer on Wednesday, which was the bigger surprise for you? Well, you're only giving me two choices, and I'm going to actually put in a third choice uh, that you did not give me, and that was after the after last night's ball game, the, the Yankees announcing that they had traded for Adam uh, Benatendi from the Royals, uh, which uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think a lot of Yankee fans were thinking about, but there have been rumors that he was not vaccinated, couldn't play in Canada. So that kind of took him off the, the radar and they traded for him. So uh, I'm going to go with the Yankee trade last night as being really? a bigger surprise. But you're the Washington policy strategist, not the baseball analyst. So how do you not go with the Schumer Mansion surprise deal? Now, it was it really I think it has everybody in Washington surprised, uh, you know, for weeks, it looked like they were narrowing in on uh, a very limited bill of just uh, Medicare prescription drug uh, price regulation uh, and extending the Obamacare uh, premium subsidies. And that was going to be it. Um, and yeah, so that it, every I think most people in Washington are sincerely legitimately surprised. Some pe- yeah. times you, you'll hear people say, oh, I'm surprised. And they really weren't. People are really surprised by this. Yeah, there, there were some, I think it was either the Politico or the Hill. I was reading one story where the quote was actually um, not family language. The surprise was so, it was like, holy. Yes. I think that was Senator Tina Smith in actually in a tweet. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, you know, there, there were uh, a number of reports where uh, senators and House members were getting the details from the press as it was breaking yesterday. So they yeah. had no idea this was coming. Okay, so exit Build Back Better, enter Inflation Reduction Act. I like the branding. So tell us, Brian, what, what happened and what is in this new bill? So as, I, as we just mentioned, um, you know, it looked like Senator Manchin and Senator Schumer were honing in on a limited bill, but they had been very quietly talking. Um, I got to give a lot of credit to them. They were able to keep this secret because yeah. things don't stay secret in Washington. Never happens. Never happens. Very, very rare. Um, and so, um, you know, and, and, and for a while, I think a lot of people were suggesting that Democrats should just let Mansion write the bill because he was going to have to sign off on it anyway. The, the The majority of Democrats had very little leverage. They were going to take whatever Mansion and Kristen Cinema, Senator Cinema, would would uh, allow to get through the Senate. And we'll, we'll get to her and and some of her um, influence on this bill in, in a few minutes. But they kept talking, and uh, and Schumer, I think, basically. Um, deferred to Manchin. So uh, they came up with an agreement that is, um, it's broader than the really narrow bill that they were working on, but it's more narrow than what we had talked about a year ago. Um, so it includes uh, a tax portion, but that's very a very limited tax portion. It's a corporate alternative minimum tax 
There are changes to carried interest uh, rules. There's more money for IRS enforcement. And then the prescription drug uh, negotiating power segment, they're spending on climate and uh, energy provisions. And then again, the, the continued subsidy for Obamacare premiums. So let's talk a little bit. Let's take let's piece that out a little bit, Brian, and let's talk about the tax portion, because it seems at least to me, you're the expert. But to me, on the surface, it seems like there are some changes in the tax portion than what we have been talking about previously. Why don't you run through exactly what that looks like? Yeah. So there are a lot of changes. A lot of stuff was dropped. Um, so there are no increases in estate taxes. Um on, on trust uh, taxes, there's no change on the retirement savings rules. Remember a year ago, uh, a bill that was being considered would have capped uh, the amount that um, a high income uh, uh, wage earners can put into retirement accounts and would have put in mandatory minimums or increased those minimums, all that stuff. And it, it also would have changed the rules for pass-throughs. Uh, um, sole proprietors uh, who use the individual tax portion of the code rather than the corporate uh, uh, portion of the code for, for their business, um, those rules would have changed. All of that's out. That's all dropped. Um, there's also no fix to the state and local tax deduction, and that could be a problem in the House. So there's a lot of stuff that was dropped out but I'm also looking at that one part that was not put in. Um, that that's a real potential pitfall. Mm -hmm. And speaking of legislation and talking about the Senate and the House, we finally did get a uh, the Senate finally did pass the Chips Act, which I know we've been talking about quite a bit over the last few weeks. Um, so the Senate seems to have cleared that. What happens next? So this is all the Chips Act is attached in a way it's connected to the reconciliation bill mm -hmm. the the ira bill uh that we'll call it that mansion and schumer came out with um republicans in the senate a group the group that that supported the chips act did so on the belief that the broader reconciliation bill was dead and it was just going to be a narrow bill with no tax section in there no climate stuff and so they went along and voted for the chips act well, a couple hours after the vote that passed the CHIPS Act through the Senate, the Manchin announcement comes out. And so there are a number of Republicans who are feeling blindsided by all of this. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the House. The House will come back probably in mid to late August to vote on the CHIPS Act and probably this reconciliation bill. Um, and before yesterday, I would have said there'll be a number of House Republicans who will vote for the CHIPS Act and the bill will pass relatively easily through the House. I'm not so sure anymore. I still think it probably passes, mm -hmm. but I'm far less confident in that than I was uh, 24 hours ago. Um, I think some House Republicans are now going to pivot and think that they, that Republicans in general, not just Senate Republicans, but Senate uh, all congressional Republicans have been hoodwinked. Um, and they're not going to support it. Um, Democrats only have a currently a four seat majority cushion uh, in the House. That's going to go down to three in a couple of weeks after a special election. And there are a number of progressive Democrats who have a tough choice to make, whether they want to uh, 
support subsidies for profitable corporations. That's not something you get from a typical progressive. Now, they may go along with it. I suspect they will. And I suspect there will be enough Republicans who do vote for it. But this vote's going to be a lot closer than I would have thought 24 hours ago. So let's handicap that. So we've got three things I'm going to ask for your for you to handicap. The first is the um, that we that we passed the Inflation Reduction Act, right? Then we talked a little bit about the Chips Act, but I want you to handicap that. And the third one is I want you to give the odds for a Subway Series in October. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll, that's the easiest I'll, one. So I'll, 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 I'll save the I'll save the best for last. Okay. Uh, um, keeping in mind that we are headquartered in St. Louis and a subway series could kind of be considered as the Cardinals against the Royals, but I don't think the Royals are going to help out on that. But yes, uh, I, I, I digress. Um, And I was, I was talking with one of our St. Louis colleagues earlier this morning, who's a big baseball fan like us and points out that the Cardinals historically make their run in August. So we're not ready to count them out just yet. Oh, I'm not sorry. ready to count them out. I'm just, I'm counting out the Royals. Yes. Uh, the, the Cardinals are done. Oh, I think that's safe. I think that's but, safe. Um, anyway, yes. back to the, to the, to the more pressing matters. Yes. Um, so I think it's above 50-50 that both bills pass. Um, let me start with the, uh, the IRA bill, the Inflation Reduction Act, um, the Reconciliation Bill. Um, look, Democrats ha- in the Senate have a couple of hurdles um, and pitfalls that they have to be wary of. One is Senator Sinema, who I mentioned before. Um, will she, uh, she has been opposed to changes in carried interest. Is that a deal breaker for her? Is there anything else in the bill that I'm not aware of yet that she would have a problem with? I don't know. And I'm, I, but I will say I'm skeptical. She got a lot of changes to the bill back in 2021. Most of the things that she objected to are not back in the bill. I have a really hard time thinking that after Manchin has uh, 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 struck this deal that she's going to block it. I'm very, very skeptical on that. So I think they're okay with cinema, but we'll find out for sure in the coming weeks. Uh, The other is... um, you know, it's it's just uh, the fact of life in an era that we live in. Uh, in a 50-50 Senate, the, the Democrats are one COVID case away from losing their 50th vote for a week. Yeah. So. Um, and they already have one senator, Senator Pat Leahy, who had hip replacement surgery a couple weeks ago. And no one's exactly sure what his status is when he's going to be back. Um, I assume that they are confident enough that they'll have his vote. That's why they're scheduling... Uh, this bill going forward over the next week, two weeks. So they have to be somewhat confident that that Leahy's ready to go. But, you know, he's 82. Um, You don't always bounce back from these things easily uh, as as we advance in years. And so between that and, and, you know, the possibility of losing a vote at any given time to COVID, it's not a slam dunk. Um, Now, I do think it gets through the Senate. Let's flip to the House, uh, because that's where salt really becomes an issue. You have a a number of Northeast House Democrats um, from high-tax states who have repeatedly said over the past two years, no salt, no deal. Mm -hmm. Well, there's no salt here. Um, uh, So are they going to stick to their guns or are they going to back down? Because they're going to be under tremendous pressure 
Because if they don't pass this now, even though it's not a perfect bill from a Democratic perspective. Yeah, the windows. Yeah, they have no shots. The window shuts. The window shuts. shuts, And they have no leverage. So my best guess is they're going to back down. Um, Now, it only takes, you know, three or four of them, um, depending on the day. There probably will be three by the time this gets voted on. So that there is no room for error whatsoever. And again, same thing as the Senate. You're only a couple of COVID cases away from yeah. losing those votes. Now, although the House does have um, proxy voting. So if you're out, you can have somebody vote your uh, your your vote. So uh, that, that that's less of an issue in the House. But still, um, the margin is so slim. So um, I think the reconciliation bill, the, uh, the um, Inflation Reduction Act, I do think it passes but it's not a slam dunk. And, and really, I would describe the um, the CHIPS bill in the same way. Um, I, I'm probably a little bit more confident there because I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure that 100% of the Republicans will vote to block the bill. I think there will be five to 10 Republicans that probably support the CHIPS Act. It'll be fewer than it, wa- than it would have been 24 hours ago, but I still think there are a number of them who think this is a Either it's a, an issue for their state and district where they're going, their their constituents are going to directly benefit by the standing up of new fabrication facilities, or they think this is a national security issue, um, and they're going to they're going to just swallow their pride and vote for it. And Pelosi will be able to keep all the Democrats together. So, I, I, my best guess, when we sit here this morning on on the twenty eighth of July, is that both bills pass. But um, I don't think. It's a slam dunk. Got it. Got now it. for the other, for baseball, which really, of course, is the more important of, of those three items. Um, yeah, you know, um, it all it, it kind of goes back to what you were saying before about the the uh, the cards and the, mm-hmm. the and they get hot in August. Well, tell me who gets hot in September and October. And that, yeah. it, it, I think it's tough to. Um, I, I do like the chances though of a subway series. There's just I think so too. It just there's just something in the That's air. Um, I agree that that just seems we're heading in that direction. I agree. I agree. Uh, and by the way, it does seem like the Senate should have proxy voting too, doesn't it? Don't you think? Um, I'm a, an opponent of proxy voting oh. in general, so I'm uh, I'm, I'm going to take the other side of that, Neil. Uh, I, I would prefer that neither side. Uh, that's that's not a, a big part of my of my job description. That's um, not a big issue for me, but uh, not a big fan of, of proxy voting. Got it. it. it it's uh, too easily manipulated and abused. Okay. Well, you could always have my proxy vote on it here at Stiefel. I, I appreciate it. Yeah. What if I'm not available for and, Zoom? And, and vice versa. Yeah. If I'm not available for a meeting or a Zoom with any of our colleagues, you can, you can have my vote. Um, all right. Well, Brian, we have a time, maybe just real quick, just to change gears on something else. Um, it does appear there have been reports that um, House leaders may finally um, take a stand on banning stock trading for Congress and their staffs. This has been a, an issue, I think, specifically like aimed at, pol- I mean, it's been talked about for a lot of members of Congress, but um, there's been a lot of attention on Nancy Pelosi's husband. Um, any thoughts on, on whether or not, A, we should do something about banning Congress and their families from trading stocks, and then, and then B, any thoughts about whether or not it will really happen? So 
Let me add one wrinkle to that. One is I think there's no market impact to this whatsoever. Uh, I think the the amount of trading we're talking about is so limited um, that it's not going to have a market impact, a broad market impact. Um, personally, I think it's a solution in search of a problem. I, I think most citizens would be very surprised about how little information rank and file lawmakers and their staffs have about what's going on and what, what is likely to pass and not pass. So if you think that somebody is trading on the prospect of some bill passing, um, first of all, you know you can be a really great vote counter, but there's still no 100% certainty that mm-hmm. some bill is going to pass. Now, I do think that's different for the leadership because they control the agenda. Yeah, well, I was going to say, but it's not just about bills, right? It's about information that they get also, right? Whether it's classified briefings or things like that. It's not always about legislation. Right. A a lot of this goes back to to the beginning of the COVID pandemic when there were briefings for lawmakers uh, and there was uh, some lawmakers uh, uh, traded um, and and made profits on that. you do get into the question about whether it's public information or not. Now, at the the timing of those, if you go back to those briefings, they were done after these stories were already out on CNBC. It's not like we didn't know there was a pandemic, that there was a potential pandemic. Did they know the degree of it better than most Mm -hmm. people? Sure, probably. But it's not like CNBC or Bloomberg or the cable news channels were not covering this in late January, early February before those briefings occurred. So I, I, I just, I'm, as you can tell, I'm really skeptical that this solves some overarching problem. Um, so, and then, then you get into the issues of who's impacted. Um, you know, I think it's always difficult to limit the uh, stock trading of a lawmaker's spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have their own lives. Uh, you know, a lawmaker could be in Washington, their spouse is, you know, thousands of miles, hundreds of miles away, they may not be, in, you know, you get into you get into these issues that, you know, who has the information and who's trading on it. I, I, I think it's tougher to, to, to ban the spouse who often has separate business interests and a separate yeah. life from the lawmaker. Um, this, this, I, I, know, I know this elicits very strong feelings by a number of people because they see lawmakers in the, the party other than themselves um, who are making stock trades and they think it's um, that somehow it's trading on inside information, they're doing something unethical. I guess my default is you get the information out as quickly as possible, what mm-hmm. their trades are, leave it to the voters. Yeah. Voters can decide, you know, if lawmaker X was trading on, was alleged to have been trading on some information that they received in the course of their job. Um, to me, you know, there are a lot of really good campaign strategists out there who can write some really good ads um, uh, for the campaign. Let it be a campaign issue. I don't, I, yeah. I'm not a big believer in just outright bans. I think well, they're counterproductive. I think it was a big if I'm if if I'm remembering correctly, I think it was a big issue in Georgia, right? When uh, you had at the time the the senator who was uh, Loeffler, I think was um, was her name. She was married to um, Jeff Sprecher, the ICE uh, CEO. And I know there was, if I recall, during that uh, campaign 
where there were a lot of questions raised about her activity um, around right. COVID and, and her and Sprecher's trading activity. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there, there are always going to be questions, but, you know, there are a lot of smart politicians who can run against that. Use it, you know, use it yeah. in the campaign. And, and I think it was. I think yes. it was in that case. Yes. Let, let yeah. the voters decide. Um, they're really not that dumb. Most of them are pretty smart. Um, and if they f- are OK with, you know, what the lawmaker did, that, that, that's their business in their, their specific district or state. Um, I'm, uh, as you can tell, um, I'm not a, um, a big believer in these outright bans. I, don't, I, 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 wind, I think they wind up, like I said, um, they, they're solutions in search of a problem. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, that may be a, an item for next month if the reports are accurate about when we may see some activity on that. And, and what, what, just one more thing on that, Neil. I mean, from the reports I've seen, it, it, it is a House item. Now, the House may decide just to amend its own rules. They are free to mm-hmm. do that. Um, and they, they, cannot, they cannot dictate to the Senate what their rules are. So you'd, you'd have to have a separate uh, 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 rules change in the Senate. And I don't think the senators are all that close um, to this. Yeah. And I mean, it seems if you're going to do this, it seems like you can't just do it for members of Congress, right? Should you also do it for members of the Federal Reserve? And should you do it for members of the the White House and the administration? Well, I mean, so, where does it end? Yeah, I mean, we, we can have a very long conversation on this. I think the, the rules for most of the executive branch are already much tighter. Oh, okay. The legislative branch. Um, if you go, you know, a, a lot of this was covered when Anytime a new uh, treasury secretary comes in um, and they have to divest their holdings. Um, uh, so, and there are rules to, to defer capital gains taxes and the like. But when you think about it, they are actually, the executive branch is in far more, is in, in control uh, of far more what you would think of as inside information than a lawmaker. Yeah. A, a, a rank and file lawmaker really doesn't have a always have a great sense that a bill is definitely going to pass, not going to pass. But the head of the FDA or commissioner at the FDA, sure. they know whether a new drug is going to be approved or not. For sure. that, to me, that I differentiate the two. And that's why there are stricter rules on the executive than there are on the legislative. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. ton of sense. Well, Brian, uh, thanks so much for your time, as always. Thank you, Neil. And thanks, everyone, for joining us. Remember, you could find Potomac Perspective on all your favorite podcast platforms. So, of course, be sure and download and subscribe. And we will see everybody next time.